Welcome back to That's So Fringy Podcast. I'm Rick. I'm Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And we are here with another episode. And like we promised, mm-hmm. we said that we would do an Apocrypha episode. And here it is. This is the one. And Drum roll. Apocrypha. So yeah, that's what we're doing. <laughs> We're also doing that. <laughs> Little glimpse into us yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as regular people. Uh, yes. <laughs> so we wanted to put together this episode because we know that um, there's a lot of people that don't even really know what the Apocrypha is mm-hmm. or that, um, you know, what books they consist of and, and, and why. What's the pseudopigrapha? Mm-hmm. You know, um, people sometimes don't even know that there is a Catholic Bible version where they have extra, I believe it's four books. Mm-hmm. And so um, these are some things that we want to share with you guys so that you know um, what's what's going on out mm-hmm. there outside of the Canon Bible. And before we really start, um, we ha- we just want to highlight that, you know, there there is the Canon Bible and the, and the Canon was put together during the Council of Nicaea in 8325. Um, this is where they were began to put together what, what they deemed to be the, the sacred documents that were inspired by God. These were the only ones that you were allowed to read. And so we had um, the, the canon, and then we had these other Bibles that, that so let, were out let's there. Let's go back to people that maybe don't know what the canon, what, mm-hmm. what that encompasses. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. canon that that we know today is basically the, the Old Testament, and then there's the New Testament. And it's the books in those two Bibles, plus, you know, the stuff in between with their, your Proverbs and your Psalms and all of that. That's what Protestants use as a Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And these... You know, there's a lot of churches that that use the the Protestant churches. So basically, with the Reformation, this was this was where they wanted to the the Protestants wanted to separate from, from the Catholic the, Church, right, the Roman right. Catholic Church, and the Roman Catholic Church at that time had um, these books that were kind of outside of the canon, and they. Um, they basically had their own Bible completely in Latin and they had these extra books like the Maccabees first mm-hmm. and second Maccabees. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple others that I can't remember. You can look it up. But the, the reason that they translated it into Latin was so that they would separate the layman, which right. would be you and me and everybody else from the, from the, priests and the bishops and all of those the ones that the ones that were um priests for god kind of like if you think back to um aaron Mm -hmm. and how he was a priest for god and there was special rituals that he had to do there was special you know Mm -hmm. he would go into the temple and he had to light the candles and he had to wash and he had they had all of these symbolic things Mm -hmm. that they had to do well this is the same thing um, where they they basically set up their own though, and it's man made, you know. Right. So God, it was like there was a Bible for Joe Schmo that goes to church, and then there was this extra bit that was that was just for like the teachers and the priests, and you know you had to be like 
in the club, I guess, yeah. to have access to it. So it wasn't for public knowledge. Yeah. And, and that's actually what apocrypha really means. A lot of people um, say that it's, you know, it's those books that are not in the canon, the Bible, the Protestant Bible. Those, it's all of the other books. Well, that's not necessarily true. There's, there's different sections of books and one of them is the apocrypha and the greek word for that um actually is translated as as hidden Mm -hmm. hidden knowledge Mm -hmm. um basically and so um you could see this as two ways as them taking it out of there to hide it from the public Mm -hmm. so that they wouldn't know or it's just um they took it out to be spiritual and they thought that it wasn't um it wasn't God inspired, and so they didn't put it in. So those are kind of the two ways that you can go with that. I think both ways are valid paths right. to go I, down. That's, that's what agree. I've realized over research and all of that is, I don't know which way I fall because if you make the argument of why is that stuff in there, well, it was put in there by men, and then mm-hmm. if you make the argument why is it not in there, well, it was taken out by men. So it's mm-hmm. like, for me, it kind of all boils down to. If you have your own spiritual discernment, you should be able to read this stuff and it can still be useful even if it's not in the canon. You know, like if you are, you know, taking a math class in college and you have your math textbook, well, that's what you're going to use to learn how to do everything. But you might still sometimes use a calculator, you know, like you still would use other tools if you were learning math, but you have to know what's in your textbook before you know how to use a calculator correctly mm-hmm. right. kind of a thing mm-hmm. if that yeah. makes sense no it does yeah yeah so you have the apocrypha which is kind of these these hidden books and then you've got the pseudopigrapha and the pseudopigrapha is more like um it's like it's this is falsely attributed or falsely claimed to be um, the author this this maybe wasn't the author um or there or there is an unknown author mm. and so there's mm-hmm. all of these different things like it where, just can't be validated right yeah because sometimes you don't know if that's the author that wrote it but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. Because right? it's really hard to, um, especially with some of these documents that are so old, it's really hard to date them and in, in when they were written. And some people say, like in the example of the, I think it's the first book of Adam and Eve, you know, they, it has a lot of stuff that is dealing with Adam and Eve and what happened directly after the fall. Mm-hmm. And it goes into them going and, um, you know, going into this cave of treasures and God, God sends them there and Satan keeps coming to try to tempt them over and over and over again. And, and uh, it shows Adam continually repenting. Mm-hmm. And this this picture of repentance over and over and over again, and this picture of Satan coming and trying to distract, <clears throat> excuse me, distract away um, from from everything that God is trying to build up in His kingdom and with His people. And so, it's 
you know, whether that's written by, you know, the right person or whether it's, it's a, it's a beautiful story and understanding of repentance mm-hmm. and it, and it basically highlights God as being a, a merciful God that is constantly wanting you to just follow what he's telling you to do. Like mm-hmm. it's that simple mm-hmm. in this book, follow what I'm telling you to do and everything will be okay. And then when you get to, I believe it's the second book of Adam and Eve, um, it starts out with the story of Cain and Abel and how they, how it kind of went where Satan um, lures Cain mm-hmm. off to on his own, you know, separates him from his people and starts talking in his ear about how they love Cain better than, or I'm sorry, Abel more than they love you. And and just putting these seeds of doubt and seeds of mm-hmm. all of these different things and whether or not that this is true, you know, that this actually happened or this is what they were actually going through. The message is actually a really good one, which mm-hmm. is which is to repent. Mm-hmm. And well, and, and if you think about, you know, all of the stories that we know now were originally written down by somebody, yeah. you know, it doesn't mean that it was, you know, Lewis and Clark that wrote everything that they did it was there was accounts from other people that said this is what they you did you know those are historical facts or historical things that get told as part of the oral traditions mm-hmm. but somehow eventually it has to get written down so you know though, though it doesn't mean that they're not stories it doesn't mean they didn't happen but if they're part of oral tradition of course there's probably some things that have been changed over the years but at some point somebody has to write it down yeah. Yeah, and like we've talked about so many times before, like knowledge is power. So whether or not we believe who wrote it, when it was written, whether it's true or not, there's information in there that if you have that spiritual discernment, I think the more you know the better mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And there is an argument that because printing was so expensive back mm-hmm. then, you yeah, know, to, to pe- you didn't have a printing press when they started making Bibles. There was literally somebody that was writing these things out so they couldn't, you know, possibly put everything in there that they thought maybe needed to go in there just for the sheer fact that they didn't have the resources to, you know, mm-hmm. print Bibles like we do now, you know, or just mm-hmm. download a different translation on your phone and you're good to go. Yeah. They did, that wasn't the, an option back then. Yeah, definitely. So what what are the books of the Apocrypha? Do you have a list of those? Yeah. Um, so obviously the canon is the Old Testament, New Testament, 66 books. We know that that's what they kind of came up with. And then there are some, a lot of people use these historical works also that are, they're not the Bible, but they're these historians from that day and that time, like the book of Jasher, um, the works of Flavius Josephus, um, the legends of the Jews. There's a lot of different ones that are, these are historical people that were around that time, and it can be pretty well verified that these real people mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. lived. And then you've got somebody like Josephus who's saying, you know, that Jesus did there was really a guy named Jesus. He did die on a cross. And some people could say that that's, you know, very convenient. But in, at the end of the day, that's what it says. Well, and because historically it can be proven by literature that not Jesus isn't just mentioned in the Bible. You know, he's mentioned in other historical accounts of things that were happening around that time. So we know that he was a real man who lived and 
died on a cross. I mean, those are historical facts and they're biblical truths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you go into, um, and like, then you've got when you you've got the Old Testament, and that ends with the Book of Malachi, mm-hmm. and then the New Testament begins with the Book of Matthew. In between those two is a four hundred time four hundred year time span. Yeah, or they call it the what the four silent decades or yeah the dark years or yeah. Like mm-hmm. basically some people God even didn't. call it that that's when the dark ages were like it was uh, you know yeah God didn't really talk to anybody he kind of just removed himself from everything because so that's how they justify that 400 year silence if you will is that it was kind of the dark ages it was kind of god stepping back and kind of maybe seeing what mankind would do without him but I then mean, you also on the flip side have this apocrypha and that kind of fills up that time gap mm-hmm. between malachi and matthew which i tend to I don't know. I kind of tend to lean that way. I don't think God was silent for 400 years. No. no. I mean, this was his perfect creation. You think, mm-hmm. I mean, if you build something and you make it perfect, are you just going to, like, if you if it's a brand new toy that you've just made, are you just going to let it sit there for 40 years and not play with it? I don't think so. Yeah, and that's the understanding that they want us to believe, right? Right. Because obviously, if God abandons us for four hundred years, then mm-hmm. then He could do it again. But in the reality, I don't think He abandoned us at all. I think that there was, um, I mean, he, he the the New Testament and the Old Testament they tell us they paint us a picture of who God is, mm-hmm. and we we learn the not only what Jesus did on the cross, but we also learn from Jesus the character of God, because nobody actually met have has met God except for certain people throughout history, mm-hmm. and there's only been a handful, and so to know God's character is really hard to do because it is kind of like this, you know, the apocrypha where you don't know what's real or what's not real. Is this story real or is it not? Mm -hmm. But Jesus came on the scene Mm -hmm. and he basically said, if you've seen me, then you've seen the father. And it's very interesting because that, that is like, that is like God coming down and saying, I want you to sit down and have coffee with me and get to know me. This is who I really am. I know that there are people that tell you who I am mm-hmm. and they lead you to believe what I'm all about. But, but let me tell you Yeah, who I if am. you could just sit down and commune with me for a cup of coffee, I bet you'd be shocked at what you'd find out. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what Jesus did. And people were shocked mm-hmm. at what they found out. They right. didn't quite understand what was and going not only on. shocked, but oh, yeah. you got to remember the religious leaders when Jesus came onto the scene, they were not only shocked, they were mad. They yeah. were downright mad yeah. at what was going on. They were like, this is this is not right. Yeah. So much so that they crucified him. Mm-hmm. So some of those books of the pseudopigrapha um, that are the ones that they say they can't um, really... They, they can't, can't validate date them. They can't validate them. Mm-hmm. They don't really know. They're just, we don't know. So um, there's the book of Adam, of Adam and Eve, which we talked about. There's there's one and two. Um, and then there's the life of Adam and Eve, life of Adam. Um, first Enoch, second Enoch, which we've talked about on the mm-hmm. show before. Um, so these aren't part of the Apocrypha. Which no, is, these are the Pseudopigrapha. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, so the books of the Apocrypha we'll get to, but this is the, yep. the other list, because you'll see these come up. And some of these are mentioned in the in the canon you know like like they talk about the book of enoch um and 
in the Apocrypha, none of that is mentioned. That's another reason why a lot of people make the argument that they shouldn't be part of the Bible because they're not quoted or talked about, whereas some of these are. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's why it's really interesting why they've categorized them the way that they Mm -hmm. have. And it's kind of suspect. Like there's a book of Melchizedek, Mm -hmm. which is in the Bible. He's a a guy that's in the Bible. And a lot of scholars actually argue that that was what they call a Christophany, which is a sighting of Jesus or um, God in mm-hmm. Rick did a whole Testament. sermon about Melchizedek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you look at Melchizedek, he's a priest mm-hmm. forever. He's a king forever. And Ab- um, I'm sorry, Abraham gives him a tenth of the plunder when he comes back mm-hmm. um, from war. And so, you know, you only do that with somebody that's above you. Right. And, and to Abraham, nobody was above him but mm-hmm. God. Right. And so exactly. that's, that's interesting. So yeah. if you look at the customs of the time, it would mean that Melchizedek was something yeah. special. Mm-hmm. It would be a, mm-hmm. basically an angel of the Lord sighting because mm-hmm. usually when you see an angel of the Lord in the Bible, that's talking about God showing up in, in human in, form yeah, exactly. and, and interacting with, and, and sometimes it'll say, um, the word, uh, and that's referring to Jesus or God in human flesh. Well, and it was that when we were talking to Justin from the dig, he was he he was the one that was talking about the uh, angel, the angel of being the Lord. like kind of like a Jesus sighting, also. Yep. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, scholars that believe that, and you could find that throughout. You know, um, some people don't agree with that. Some people do. That you're going to get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it makes sense that. God would show up in human form multiple times throughout history that he wouldn't just come one time right and and try to help his people you know right because it says he emptied himself in the form of a bond servant or a slave to come as Jesus but we don't know if he did that before he came in the form of Gabriel or he came in the form of Michael or he came in, you know like who knows well and it, it, it wasn't the time for the one to right, come. The right. prophecy said that the one would come at this time and this place and blah, blah, blah. So the prophecy is still inactive mm-hmm. uh, or, or uh, accurate mm-hmm. if Jesus comes at that time and if there's sightings of him throughout the Old Testament. That That's not going to change the actual prophecy. Right, right. It exactly. doesn't make it different. This is just... Because um, he came as the Messiah one time. Yeah. He came the, as Jesus one the time. The spotlight yep. is on this point in time for the Jewish people to find out who it was. Because when you're looking for the Messiah, these are the things to look for. Mm-hmm. And so if he comes as Melchizedek or anyone else, he can, you know, it, mm-hmm. doesn't, it doesn't have to be Jesus every time. And I think we kind of mentioned that in that episode yeah. as well. Okay, yeah. so pseudepigrapha, you've got... Did you list all of them? Not all of them. I'm just kind of skimming through them. Okay. You guys can look these up, find them on Wikipedia or whatever, but there's like the Book of Jubilees. Mm-hmm. The, Most the, of these you've heard of. Yeah, and there's a lot of them that are, you know, you can read a lot of these on f- online for free. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not really hidden <laughs> works anymore, and I no. think that's just because people are very interested in what they say. And this is what I want to say about that. Let me just back up for a second, is... There, there is a verse in the Bible that I, I'm trying to remember where it is, and I was trying to look it up earlier. I believe it's in Matthew. But anyway, it says, <clears throat> do not, I think it's Jesus talking, you don't call anyone father. You don't call anyone 
above you father because you have one father that is in heaven right and that's the message that jesus was telling everybody was you have one father in heaven and he is the one he is your king and this was the problem when um the people were asking god for a king Mm-hmm. And he was telling you, you don't need a king. I'm your king. I'm your king yeah. And he and they wanted him to give him a king. And so reluctantly, he gives him Saul. And that turns out terribly, as we know. And then it goes into King David, which goes very well until the end. Mm-hmm. And so this whole um, idea of God being the head of all humanity is God's. Um, that's what God wants. For humanity and so that's why jesus is saying don't have any, don't call anybody else father because because that would mean you're you're moving me off of the throne and you're putting this person mm-hmm. on the throne and so i've always thought that was really interesting that in the catholic church they call their priest father mm. because i'm like it's literally in the book that you read from all the time. Matthew 23, 9. Yes, thank you. Matthew 23, 9. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you, Jesus is telling you, don't do this, yet you set up this whole religion based on your customs, your courtesies, and And your the Father robes. has a, mm-hmm. and the Catholic Church has a lot of power. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to confession and you talk to the Father and they tell you what your penance is. And, you know, they, they, I think overstep their bounds in that regard, in my opinion. Well, yeah, because God is saying, come, come to me mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. Re- your repentance. Mm-hmm. Come repent to me. Don't go to a, a guy sitting in a box. Well, and, and yeah. the new covenant that happens after the crucifixion and all of that, it, it slashes out all of those, you know, sacrifices that you mm-hmm. have to do. And, and he's very clear. Jesus is very clear that, you know, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Go ahead and work on Sundays. Yeah. Right. It's like, I mean, there's nothing on this earth that's going to buy you into heaven. You know, there's one way, there's one way to God and Mm -hmm. you don't need to sacrifice a fattened calf and do all this stuff as a sacrifice Mm -hmm. anymore. Jesus is the sacrifice. Yeah. That's the, that's the whole idea of the new covenant. Right. So anyway, we've gone in the weeds a little bit, but that's kind of, I wanted to help people understand that when somebody is saying you can't read that because it's not inspired. It's like, well, wait a minute. Who are you yeah. to tell me that? Right. And the other thing you have to remember is is all these works that are going into the Bible, all these writings, they didn't have like one central email address that everybody was sending their stories to. They're collecting these from all over the world. Yeah. So they're collecting stories from all over. So in, you know, in the Gospels, we know that Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, those were the guys that wrote those books. I mean, everybody agrees on that. Mm-hmm. No question about it. But don't you think there's probably works that were written that people don't know who wrote them? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's books in the canon now that they're not sure exactly who wrote them. So yeah. I don't know. That It's not numbers. like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's not like everything was coming they had all the paperwork in front of them when they got to make this decision. It's like, well, and who chose 66 books who chose Mm -hmm. what we were going to, the Catholic church. Yeah. I mean, it's a very interesting number, right? You put 66 books in there. It's pretty interesting. I mean, it's, 
And we were just talking about on the last podcast with Supernatural Junkies talking about DNA mm-hmm. and fatherhood yeah. and that and that ability to be um, the kinsman redeemer and all that because we are brothers and sisters mm-hmm. and, you know, adopted in all of those things. That's that's the that's the whole gospel, you yeah. know. And so when you take that and you say you, you don't get you don't need to do all that you just come to me come to the catholic yep. church you know as long as you do your penance and you do this and you mm-hmm. do that it's and like, you oh. i mean so much so that you have to tell them when your last confession was right like it's any of their business that part has always really bothered me so another thing about the bible that i think we should mention is that the books are all written in different there's different like literary styles to the books which mm-hmm. i didn't know until you know the last probably 10 years so it's they're broken down 43 percent of the bible is it like a narrative that's how it's written Mm -hmm. but then there's 33 percent that is written in poetry so that's got a little bit different you're going to read that a little bit differently than you would read the narrative books and then the remaining 24 percent is like a discourse style so it's like a somebody speaking Mm -hmm. style So all of the books of the Bible are written a little bit differently. Yeah. So you can tell they're coming from different people, different places. I mean, for the most part, I think everybody agrees the Old Testament is the Old Testament. I don't. I mean, and that's it's not that's an same. order. No, it's you not know, all like chronological. It doesn't go chronological. Yeah. Well, and that's what's hard about the Old Testament too. Is there's oh, there's a lot of things that are missing that we right. know. Yeah. There's a lot of questions that come up, mm-hmm. like where did Cain get his wife? You know those type of things. But in the book of Adam and Eve, it actually talks about how you know um, Cain was born and and they were twins, mm-hmm. and then Abel was born and they were twins, and there was actually a woman. And because of in that time in the Bible, they didn't keep they track. Didn't actually women. keep track of women's uh, lineage yeah. and if you and if you took them out if you took that book out then it then you don't have any idea where Cain's wife came from mm-hmm. well and even you know later on in the Bible when they're talking about you know people married their siblings I mean in Abraham's line and I mean it wasn't uncommon for people to because you kind of it was slim pickings back then yeah, and it was wasn't it kind of considered to be like a, you wanted to stay within the pure bloodline, like you right. didn't mm-hmm. want to go right. to a different, you know? Yeah, yeah. You, and if you were going to merge with a bloodline, it was, it was like a God ordained, right? Do mm-hmm. this, like they would they would ask almost, like, can I marry this person or? Yeah, exactly. And that's why they would always go to God, as you said, because mm-hmm. they yeah. don't. They, they, back then, they weren't making decisions on their own. They had learned their lesson. Yeah. You know the yeah. the, the Adam and Eve the the day after going out of the garden versus the Adam and Eve the day that they were the last day they were in the garden. They're very different people, mm-hmm. as you can imagine. Yep. Because mm-hmm. they're now in the desert, they're in the wilderness, and they're toiling and they're sweating. They're, and now they, now they're you know searching for food when they had it. You know they could pick it off a tree. You know they're searching for water when they had it coming mm. right out. You know, here's a fun gosh, off into the weeds. Coming. No, you didn't. <laughs> yes, they did. If I said I've already asked everybody if if Adam and Eve had belly buttons. We don't know. I aesthetically think that they needed belly buttons, but they weren't born that's vanity i don't know but i feel like it would be weird if they didn't but my other question was they don't talk about in the bible when they're in eden adam and eve like being intimate with each other Mm -hmm. Mm. because i mean they were naked all the time 
I'm not well, sure how long they were there. But it doesn't yeah. talk about them having Cain and Abel until they're out of the garden. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, well, that's what the book of Adam and Eve says. That Cain and Abel were, were born on the outside of mm-hmm. the garden and there was... I mean, I tend to think that they wouldn't have wouldn't have had sex in the Garden of Eden because they wouldn't have maybe needed to. I don't know. Right. They were pure well, at that point. Well, these are the questions that come up when you don't have these other books. You yeah. know, and you, and you read these other books and they make sense and you have to be careful, you know, because you could be led astray in certain mm-hmm. ways. But that's why you always come back to your Bible. And that's why Jesus says, I'm, I'm giving you a helper mm-hmm. when he leaves. I'm giving you a helper, the Holy Spirit, for you to use discernment yes. and allow the Holy Spirit to discern for you the good and the bad and this mm-hmm. is ba- this is the same as going to god yeah with it and yep. saying okay god is this book beneficial to me or not and it, i'm not going to ask a priest if i can read it mm-hmm. i'm not going to ask my pastor if i can read it i'm not going to ask my wife if i can read it i'm going to ask god because that's my king mm. you know that's the one that came and died and mm-hmm. you know saved me from myself and so and I understand that his message is, I just want you to follow me and do what I'm telling you to do. That's why Jesus says, follow me, follow me. He, he didn't say, I'm going to rule you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to yeah. reign over you. I am now your king. Yes. And that was actually very weird for them because they thought that's what was coming in the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so. Yeah, he was going to be some big, strong warrior man. He was going to come in and get them out of the oppression. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, he was gentle and he was loving and he wouldn't fight back and he wouldn't hurt people. And he, and he was just. But who was it when, when Jesus comes on the scene? So when Jesus comes on the scene, so there's this 400 year gap. Let's go Mm -hmm. back to that. So we have Mm -hmm. a 400 year gap, 400 silent years. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of people that. That's where the Apocrypha would go, would be right in between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Well, and there's some which Old Testament Apocrypha books. Which would fill in that gap a little bit. And yeah, so some of the books kind of expound on some of the Old Testament books. Yeah, like there's some additions to Esther mm-hmm. as an example. There's, uh, let's see what else. There's the Wisdom of Solomon, which is another So let's book. read the, so these are the actual books that are in the Apocrypha. So there's first and second Ez- Esdras, Tobit, Judith, the rest of the book of Esther, Wisdom, Ecclesiasticus, Baruch, Song of the Three Children, Story of Susanna, the Idol, Bell and the Dragon, Prayer of Manassas, and then the first and second Maccabees. Yep, those Did I miss are the, anything? Those are kind of the considered the Old, the Old Testament, Testament ones. Mm-hmm. And then when they found the Dead Sea Scrolls, they were actually able to find a lot of these books. Right. Which is another interesting thing. So this is me. another rabbit trail, but I find it very interesting. Yeah, so in order to understand the Apocrypha and the Pseudopigrapha and all these, you have to understand their origin and, and why people were so excited about them all of a sudden and that's because in Qumran they found these caves there was a kid he was throwing rocks into a cave at least that's the story mm-hmm. he hears a piece of pottery he break hears a pot- piece of pottery break he goes into the cave and they find these dead sea scrolls and so they've been going over these dead sea scrolls and making sure that they you know putting like these pieces together there was one cave that was just like littered with almost like trash on the ground like they had been ripped up 
into mm-hmm. a thousand pieces. Mm-hmm. And it might have been during the, you know, 70 AD, which I think a lot of people place mm-hmm. um, the Dead, why the Dead Sea Scrolls would be in caves, because during 70 AD, um, they actually had, you know, a siege on Jerusalem. And mm-hmm. they, right. Well, so they what the are the names? What's the, the name of those guys in the robes that, that the Essenes? Yeah. The Essenes, so they think that all ESS. these all of these scrolls were written by this group of men and and so as they've excavated around these caves where they found the dead sea scrolls they've found like these old fashioned like like bath wells mm-hmm. and cuz the, these essenes were very like ritualistic about cleanliness and certain things and these were guys were like monks yeah the they time. were essentially like the like the beginning of the monks where they would go around clean themselves like certain times of the day mm-hmm. and they were the ones that were writing down the scriptures and they were charged with their job was to keep track of the scriptures come hell or high water yeah they're they were called the brothers of the light and the the there's a documentary about them that was really interesting yeah the brothers of the light are basically these guys that and it says the light in the bible a lot so Mm -hmm. we're not talking about anything weird or new agey we're talking Mm -hmm. about the bible still and there is a lot of references to god being the light right the light you know jesus was the light of the world There, there is a lot of light imagery and so these guys were the basically the brothers of the light or the keepers of the light which is the revelation of who god is to the whole world Mm -hmm. because god is the light and so 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 after jesus is crucified and they start to realize mm -hmm. that this was the fulfillment of prophecy because they didn't Mm -hmm. know that before i mean they wouldn't have killed him if they if they knew that it was fulfilling prophecy so after they start to realize that then these writings become something that is like it it has to be protected at all costs sure like they took this job very seriously and some people even think the knights templar played a part in that like they they helped facilitate keeping some of this stuff safe (laughs) i don't know if they kept if they were trying to keep it safe or they were trying to get their hands or they were trying Mm -hmm. to keep it secret exactly that makes more sense to me those freaks yeah, but they were still keeping it safe. I didn't say they were keeping it safe for <laughs> the good guys. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, so they find these Dead Sea Scrolls, um, and they're they're a lot of them are in pretty good shape, and they can read them really well, and they're intact. Others, like I said, are spread all throughout the ground, mm-hmm. and so they you know meticulously start piecing these together, and they're finding that a lot of these books are you know old testaments there new testaments there and there's all of these other ancient books so you've got like community rule is one of the books um uh, the narrative of joseph of arimathea which Mm. would be an interesting one to read the epistle of the apostles Mm -hmm. um history of joseph the carpenter um report of pilate the procurator procurator i think um, the letter of Peter to Philip, the book of John, the evangelist. And so when I'm reading all these books, people are like, well, those aren't actually in the Bible. And I get that that reaction. And you're like, well, these are just stories. Yes, they are. They're actually stories. That's exactly what the Bible is. And who's to say, as we go back, who's to say that they're inspired or not inspired? Mm-hmm. And so, well, so I have a question really quick. Yeah. If we know that the Gospels are written by those guys so matthew mark luke john we know the letters of of paul have been verified all that stuff Mm -hmm. but in part of these writings you've got things like mary magdalene like she's got a she's got a book you've Mm -hmm. got the book of thomas you've got like these were guys that were actual Mm -hmm. 
people? Like, is it just because they can't verify that those are the people that wrote them? Like, how did they verify that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, who were the, they said they were? What's their What's their reasoning, or what do I think? <laughs> <laughs> Two yes, different answers both. here. Can you be more specific? <laughs> I think their reasoning is is that they could not be authenticated enough to be called inspired because. Okay. You know, a lot of the writings happened after Jesus died, and there was a lot of mix, and then there was the 70 AD, and so they're like, right there after Jesus' death, there was a lot of commotion in that area. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it was very, as everybody spread throughout the world, and taking the way, which is what they called Christianity back then, um, was once they were spreading it out there's these people were everywhere and it was really hard to you know make those connections but when you think about how paul is sending letters across the world right right basically or the known world to them at the time and everybody goes these letters are from paul like yeah i mean how and there's actually missing letters from mm-hmm. paul because i believe there's actually four letters to the corinthians we're missing two of them and paul actually says he references in one of his yeah. letters that with this other letter and then he mentions another letter mm-hmm. that he sent to this other church and and those haven't been found. Yeah, and there's all kinds of different things that they they mention in their writings that they that there are other letters or there are other books or or they're quoting from these other books. And if you read some of these other books, you find that they are actually quoting that book. Mm-hmm. And so, again, they're they're worth going to prayer. We're not telling you to read all of these books and you have to, to be a Christian. That's not what we're saying at all. What we're saying is, is that, um, use the gift of God, your Holy spirit to lead you down the right path and Mm -hmm. then read the book. And then once you read it, ask for discernment throughout. Right. Cause there's another, mm-hmm. there's another translation of the Apocrypha that kind of translates into what they would have referred to as the second Canon. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, here is, you know, like when me and Bethany went to nursing school, here's anatomy and physiology one, and then you go on to anatomy and physiology two. But, but the second class won't make any sense if you don't take, the first class. And in fact, none of those make sense if you don't take medical terminology. Mm-hmm. So you got to start here and then work your way here and then here. So is that maybe why the Bible comprise? I mean, because if you put in all of these works that nobody would ever read the Bible. I mean, right. so did they, you know, just to play the devil's advocate, did they make the canon the way that it was? Because this is the stuff that you absolutely have to know in order for this stuff, this other stuff to make sense. Mm-hmm. I guess I tend to lean towards that a little bit. So, yeah. So read this first. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, you can read this first, but it won't make as much sense if you don't read this first, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I say, my personal leaning is if you don't have a good, solid grounding of the Bible and the Holy Spirit, then reading these books really doesn't really do anything for you or really make any sense because you're if you don't know the word of god and you don't know um if you don't have the holy spirit then how are you to discern right right you know what i mean it's very difficult to be able to follow after god if you're not grounded in the word and grounded in the holy spirit coming well, to him in prayer all the time that's part of the absolute per- perfection of becoming a believer is 
you you are immediately filled with the Holy Spirit. It's yours. You get to have it. Like you just have to make this choice and you get to have it. And but then the work begins. You got to dig yeah. into your Bible and you got to not just listen to the sermon on Sunday and listen to the three or four scriptures they put up there and go, "Okay, I'm good," you know. Mm-hmm. There's more to it than that, which I didn't I didn't really think the Bible was that important until not that long ago. I mean, I yeah. thought I had a good enough knowledge. I had the Awana knowledge, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a lot of churches don't dig into the deep stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it's a very superficial sermon. It's it's the same thing every week, and that's it. Yep. So. Or, oops, it's it's March. It's time to go through First Corinthians. You know, you kind of do the same thing every year, and it becomes more like a habit instead of... And I get that most pastors are, you know, you're speaking to a group of people that you don't know where everybody falls on the spectrum. I get it. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to, you don't want to drown people with too much if they're, if they're just barely treading water. Mm-hmm. But you also have to remember that these, some of these people have been treading water for a long time. You got to throw them into the deep end and see if they're going to swim or not. You know, like we yeah, need there more. There has to be some biblical accountability. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is where, and this, maybe this will be one of those unteachable moments that we started and then <laughs> got super busy. Promptly forgot. And haven't <laughs> had for a while. But the, um, the understanding of judgment. Yeah. What is it to be a judge of somebody else? You know, you hear a lot of people say that, that are outside of the Christian church, they they say, um, you're being judgmental, or I thought Mm -hmm. Christians weren't supposed to judge, or all of those different things. And I just want to be clear about this is an unteachable moment, okay? The Bible doesn't say... Is this a random unteachable moment? It is. It's a rando. We didn't even have the intro or anything. Okay, so judgment in the Bible isn't about not judging other Christians. Right. It's about not judging those outside of the Christian faith, as mm. some would call non-believers. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so if you come to a non-believer, there is no need to judge this person because the speck in their eye is not anything compared to the log in your eye as Jesus says, which means that you don't judge somebody because you've probably already done that thing and you've probably done way worse. Mm -hmm. And now you're being judgmental of this person for doing it because now you're a better person than them because you've done the work. And you're you're filled with the Holy Spirit and they're not. So the Holy Spirit has filled you. You've done the work. You've become a better person. That doesn't give you the right to judge a Mm non-believer because they haven't had the revelation of Jesus Christ and who he really is, and they haven't accepted that. And so, therefore, we should approach them as Jesus did, loving, caring, all of those different things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, when you take that to the Christian church, now you're talking about a Christian-on-Christian conversation. Okay? And this is where Paul talks about that you go to the person that you have a problem with and you actually talk to them. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus talks about it as well. You you talk to this person or like in Corinthian first Corinthians there's the woman that is or the, the guy that is sleeping with his mother in law, I believe it is, and he says, Why are you allowing this to continue to happen? Do you think that you're holy for allowing him to continue to live in sin? That's not 
That's not how this works. You need to put that person in a place of not unholy judgment, but holy judgment to the standard that God has set. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you want to, now that they've accepted the Lord, they have the Holy Spirit, they're walking with God. Now you need to bring them back up to that level where they should be back into righteousness or right standing with the Lord. And that's not a problem. You should be able to do that with your Christian brothers and sisters. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think another parallel to that example is when, you know, some of the last words that Jesus spoke were, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Right. So he obviously knew that they weren't believers. And he, so he was even asking the Father to not judge them as harshly because they, they weren't believers and they didn't understand what they were doing. Yeah. And what did he say to the Pharisees and Sadducees? He called them a brood of vipers, mm-hmm. whitewashed tombs, that they didn't even care about the people, resounding gongs and clanging cymbals with their prayer. You know, don't be like the Sadducees and the Pharisees who pray like this. Who, right. Who pray you, in repetition only. Exactly. Mm-hmm. When you go mm-hmm. into their um, place of worship and they're sitting in the nice places and, and the, yep. the homeless people or the people that are afflicted or, or really need to be there are on the floor because they can't they don't pay enough money to mm-hmm. sit in yep. the box seats you know mm-hmm. what i mean and this is our culture this is exactly what church is this yeah. is exactly especially catholic churches exactly you know you say that you've got these dudes in robes that live in their high towers and and you've got the lay people you know, this is exactly what Jesus was preaching against. And people are doing it willingly, thinking that they're religious. Yeah. They're going to church and they're thinking that because they're so religious, they're winning their way into God's favor. When in the reality, he wants your repentance. He wants you to be true and righteous. And he wants you to be good to all people throughout. It doesn't matter if they're homeless or if they're, you know, they've got um what like a, a disability or handicapped mm-hmm. or they're blind or it doesn't matter if they have leprosy to Jesus it doesn't matter none of it matters they are a child of God yep. well and I think this is a trap that the church largely falls into just the church as a whole you mm-hmm. know is is that bickering amongst themselves I mean that's why there's thousands of different denominations because it's like we agree with you on that but not on this so we're just going to make our own denomination out of it you know like it's this kind of constant I mean even like that show The Chosen there's a Mm -hmm. lot of controversy on that just that show I mean it's in in my opinion it's entertainment it's something to be watched the same way as you would watch any other show. Is it perfectly accurate to the Bible? No, because it's a story that they're that they're showing you. You know, they have to kind of add things here and there to to develop the characters and, you know, every word that is spoken in the chosen is not in the Bible. But and there's people that are like, Oh, it's a Mormon the guy that is the directing Mormon. it is a Mormon and it's filmed by the Mormon church. Well, they use the Mormon st- studio. But it wasn't the Mormon church that's making the show. But even then, if you can watch The Chosen and you're moved by the story and it compels a person to pick up their Bible Mm -hmm. and want to read the Bible, then I think that that's using God's message in a good way. And I think that we as Christians just argue about it for no reason. You know, if the Holy Spirit's going to move, I think he can move in a show 
like the chosen just as much as he can the matrix and the guys who made the matrix arguably are terrible guys like i don't know yeah and again i think that's that discernment comes into play Mm -hmm. like praying before you watch something Mm -hmm. i I mean i I do that all the time now just because there's so much false information bad Mm -hmm. things out there like Lord, keep me safe while I watch this. Yeah. Let because, me know if because this is something I, I like I movies. Like I like I like watching TV for entertainment. You know, that's it's part of our our culture. I just like doing it, but I do it differently now. Mm-hmm. Like you, like I do it differently than I did before. Because mm-hmm. if we didn't, I mean, it, come on. If you're gonna go down that path, everybody that makes any show on TV is a, is terrible. You know, like I don't know. I guess I just. You mean the CIA? <laughs> you mean the mainstream media <laughs> that just flagged our COVID episode on YouTube? Yeah, they did. We got a hand slap for show. I'm all about it. I love them. I'm going to frame them. I'm going to print those emails out and frame them on the wall. Rick, I'm going to pray for them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you guys make a good team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rick's like, burn it all down. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. we've gotten off track again. We digress. So the apocrypha. It's all good stuff, though. Before we transition back to the apocrypha, okay. it is all good stuff, and we need to know that you know when we're talking about the books of the apocrypha, we're also talking about music. We're talking about right. yeah. videos. We're talking about online. You know, there's you have to use discernment throughout all of it. Yeah. We are in the world, but not of the world. But we still are in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. We, right. There's a way to be set apart, and still, and still be able to go through content to be able to allow the Holy Spirit to find the things that are going to change your life. Mm -hmm. Because God does, he can make all things come together for our good. Right. Right. And that's, that's what the Bible says. So who cares if it's a Mormon studio, he makes all things come together for our good with the Holy Spirit. And, and it is his will to teach us things all the time. And that's what our Holy Spirit is for. That He's our comforter. He's our teacher. He's our guide. Right? Well, and I think for me, like when I first started watching The Chosen, it made me want to look up. Actually, I think it was Bethany that sent me a thing talking about Matthew in The Chosen. And she's like, this is so crazy because he's like holding a napkin when he opens things and and we me and rick have an autistic six-year-old and he's got a lot of ocd weird things and she's like you gotta watch this show because this guy is just like lincoln it just reminds me of lincoln he's so like it just find his character so endearing and i'm like okay so then we're both going and doing like research historical research on who was matthew who were Uh the apostles you know what were their personality types you know and i feel like they have done a good job of depicting those in the show but it made them seem more real to me right like it made me relate to them even more well and i'll Mm -hmm. give another example and this one's for music so there there's a lot of christian songs out there that don't have anything to do with god Right. And, 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 and you, they may say God and they mm-hmm. may have words in them that are nice, you know, Christianese words, but there's a lot of these songs that are just garbage, but there's also a lot of songs that are good. Don't get me wrong. And it's hard to discern that. And mm-hmm. so instead of just singing songs, just to sing them, 
when they come on Christian radio, actually listen to the lyrics and yeah. actually allow God mm-hmm. to tell you whether that's a good song or not. And you can tell because is it giving any worship to God? Is it right. giving any, you know, like there's a lot of really good songs out there. Or even that documentary that came out about Hillsong. Like mm-hmm. we had a, ta- a conversation about that when it first came out because Carl Lentz was... A, a terrible guy. I mean, he no. did horrible things. Uh, not unlike the rest of us do, but... Calm down. That's Bieber's pastor. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so, he, you know, he did bad things. Yes, he was a bad guy, but is Hillsong bad? Uh, I mean, yeah. I don't... It's like the don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like, if they still have music that can move people, which it can, there's been Hillsong songs that have brought me to tears. Mm-hmm. I think it can still work, even if the guy that started it was a, you know, mm-hmm. who knows? Yeah, watch mm-hmm. the documentary. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Doesn't seem like he was maybe the best dude. And then, you know, you've got the Hollywood pastor that maybe not the best dude. But mm-hmm. then you also look at some of the guys in the Bible and you're like, well, he wasn't the best dude either, you know? Well, like, there was that controversy at Hillsong as well about um, the guy that was pretending to have cancer. Did you hear oh, about yes, this? Oh, yes, I did hear about so that. So the guy's pretending to have cancer. He's going to his appointments. He's doing all he's that stuff. He's having people from the church take him to appointments. Yeah, and then he's just like going and doing something else. And then at the end of his appointment or his imaginary appointment, he would come out and act all sick and everything like he just got chemo. And the reality of the situation was is he never had cancer. Mm-hmm. But it was this big deal in that church and then he ended up helping write a song I think uh, I think it's called You Are Stronger or something like that anyway there was this song written about this this guy helped write it and he helped sing it so it was like this whole thing and then because he did finally repent yeah because then he finally repented he came out and said that and and the whole church was like what the heck and 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 most of the church was forgiving of this guy but there was some people that were didn't like it and then there was a whole gaggle of news media about it and it was a mistake for this guy to do he should not have done that but that song has helped so many people realize struggling the, with their health their real health yeah. problems their real struggles their mm-hmm. real problems that they're going through on a daily basis even though that dude was a fraud, God used that fraudulent song to reach so many people that were hurting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people were like, I don't care that this song is written by a fraud. Written I, by a sinner. I, I love this song mm-hmm. and, it, and yeah. it speaks to my heart every time. Well, what's that verse in the Bible where it talks about, you know, what the devil intended for evil, God intends mm-hmm. for good. So, I mean. Yeah, there's so many. So... I guess the moral of the story is that there are a lot of books out there that mm-hmm. are either historical or they're um, oral traditions and they were written down and you can go on Wikipedia, you can go online, you can look all these up, you can see all these books, you can read whichever ones you want. You don't have to call anybody else father. You don't worship anybody other than God. Mm-hmm. And you don't need a pastor to tell you anything. You don't need a priest to tell you anything. Well, and most of these books come with, you can get the book, but you can also get like a study guide. So we went through a study guide of the book of Enoch, which was very interesting mm-hmm. and helpful. Mm-hmm. But you can just read these books. Most of them are online. You can just read them for free. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're out there. And I think... Going back to our beginning message of using that spiritual discernment 
just like if you were taking a math class, you would use your textbook, but you would probably also use a calculator Mm -hmm. and you might even use a protractor or a compass or, you know, there's Mm -hmm. lots of other tools you can use to do math outside of just your textbook. So let's take all of that into account, I guess, but rely heavily on your discernment and and put put that stuff up against the bible so if something is in direct opposition to the bible then maybe yeah read it again or, or maybe seek out counsel at that point and go i don't know what to do this is, seems like it's kind of yeah. opposite talk to people you yeah know? Mm-hmm. and that's the that's the beauty of being the church and, and by church i don't mean the building that you go to it's the church the, the body of believers mm-hmm. the followers of the way as they said back in the book of acts and and these guys were just following after jesus as closely as possible they did everything that he told them to do and they had opposition and they mm-hmm. had hardship and they were eventually martyred all of them except for john and it's it's a terrible thing, but I consider it all joy, Paul says. Mm-hmm. I consider it all joy because I realize that the, the answer to all of this hardship is me giving myself to God and surrendering to Him, mm-hmm. and He will make my path straight. Yep. So if you're- and, if, and if some of these books, like for me, reading the book of Enoch kind of filled in a lot of gaps and the Mary Magdalene text, like some of that, that fills in a lot of gaps for me that I, as a, I don't know if it's just my personality or what, but I like storytelling. I like listening to stories be told. I watch documentaries like all the time. Like I just, I, I love getting information about people. Like I just like it. So if that helps fill in some gaps for you, then I think that's not harming your faith. It's strengthening Mm -hmm. it. But I don't know. I guess I'm still kind of torn yeah. about the Apocrypha. Yeah. I don't I don't think that God was silent for 400 years. Mm-hmm. I just no. don't think so. I agree. Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. So if you guys have questions or you want to learn more, we, we could even do some episodes that are a little more tailored towards an individual book. Yeah. If mm-hmm. you guys want that, we can. Yeah, we could do a book of Enoch. We could do the Mary Magdalene. Magdalene text. We could do the Book of yeah. Thomas. I mean, some of that stuff. Might, it might be interesting to be a standalone episode if it's something you guys want. And we've had we've we've had several people want us to do the Apocrypha. So that was kind of why we and and you could t- talk for hours and hours and hours about this. Yeah, we we shortened it down a lot. There's a lot more information out there. Well, and you can get really heady with it where you're talking yeah. about people and dates mm-hmm. and times and and, and if you want to do that, scripture after scripture and quote after quote. There and, are books out there yeah. that you can read. You know, that's that's what we're really trying to do is get people to wake up to the fact that you are an adult and you are created by God and you are given all authority to go out, find knowledge, you know, heal the sick, take dominion over the world. Like he wants you to follow him and do these things that he taught. And Satan has lulled us into sleep, Mm. into this place of doing nothing. Like, I can't do that. Oh, we're not allowed to do that. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, put your mask on. Well, I, I, I have or to. Or the Bible's boring. Don't even bother. Yeah. Or... Boring. Don't go to church. Those people are all 
just religious, judgmental people. Isn't it more fun to just go to an amusement park, you know, and spend a ton of money and be around a ton of people and be super uncomfortable and hot and your feet hurt? I think that's and, you. And though. you get Some to ride do like amusement rides <laughs> after you stand in line for an hour and a half. <laughs> He's in like, barrel of last to take to Disneyland. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> oh, this is cool. But I, I get to watch the fireworks with these other 900 people pushing up against me. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> what is that smell? <laughs> anyway, so you could either do that, go give Disney your money, or you could buy these books and you can get in community with other people mm-hmm. and actually gain knowledge and learn from these other people like if you guys listen to the um, flat earth dave episode he was saying you know i haven't been bored for a very long time mm-hmm. because there's plenty of information once you become a person that wants to gain knowledge and wisdom that's what it actually says in proverbs is that he he asked for wisdom Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it was the first time anybody had ever asked for wisdom and God was more than willing to give it and and, and pray for discernment. Like I I didn't used to pray for discernment at all. I didn't even know what discernment was. It just didn't enter my mind. But, and also the Bible project, if you go onto YouTube and type in the Bible project, they have a ton of Every book of the Bible yeah. is there, but they also go through some of the different styles of writing in the Bible, and yeah. I mean, they really break it down. How to read the Bible. How to read the Bible and how to how to read it correctly and how it was written, and this was a book on poetry, so you should read it this mm-hmm. way. And, and remember, Dr. Michael Heiser looked over yes. their scripts and was helping them as well, so you, yep. you'll get a lot of Dr. Michael Heiser's um, influence there, which is a good thing because yeah. he he's saying the same thing that we're saying. You have the right to read any books that you want. He used to go to UFO conferences and that's and where he actually things. had the most meaningful conversations. Yeah, was at UFO conferences with a secular crowd. Yeah, because these people were real people that wanted to talk about real things that were happening all around us, mm-hmm. and and he would talk to them about the Bible, and they're like, "Wow, that's almost the that same thing that I saw," or, or "That helps me with this." Or so, you know, you're you're your own person. Yep. You're you're an adult human, and whatever you want to do. And going back to as we wrap this up, because I know we're getting a little long here, but going back to the understanding of the financial system that we we had that episode on, just shifting gears a little bit here, I want to remind everybody that the banks are crashing if you haven't seen that pay attention there's lots of banks going down right now and for those of you that are maybe panicking and this is the reason that i want to say this for those of you that are panicking this is exactly what we want to happen okay because if you think about the control that these people in our world have over us with this money system the only way to get out of that control is to completely burn it down and that's what SGNL was talking about was to allow it to burn to the ground so that we can we can have a different system that makes more sense and so if you see this money crashing and these banks going away and all these different things I know that it's scary and if you feel like pulling your money out of the bank do it because we talked about how it's not insured by very much and they probably don't have it so just a reminder because it's happening uh, at a quicker rate now and so i just wanted to give you guys that reminder so any hoosies 
let's get into the outro. So I'm Rick. I'm Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And we are That So Fringy Podcast. We're so glad that you listened to us ramble on about yes. the Apocrypha. Sorry if we bored you to tears. We know it's not the funniest episodes. If you're still listening, you're probably either sleeping yeah. or driving and you can't touch your phone. Yeah, so you're the real we MVP. We really apologize. This is the one you landed on. Yeah, any point now, we could turn this off, but I'm driving. So <sighs> Siri, stop playing. Skip. That's So Fringy Podcast. <laughs> Siri, drive. Drive me off a cliff. I can't make it stop. <laughs> or maybe you've fallen asleep while you're driving. Oh my god. There is like a lady in the Tesla. Yeah. I just saw that. Just dead asleep that. driving along. Yeah. Anyway. Well I, I don't have a Tesla. Rick, I don't have a Tesla. You don't need no Tesla. <laughs> I, I have Rick, he drives me everywhere. You yeah. have a bike. You have your personal chauffeur. I don't have a bike. I need a motorbike. That's what you need. You need your own scooter where you could just go around yes. with a pink helmet and just just honking at children all day around. long like an old woman. Get out of the way. I just need a chihuahua I can put in the basket that barks at everybody so. <laughs> to complete the scene. I like it. After you perm your hair permanently. So we've got coming up next Sunday, Brian Gadawa. If you guys haven't heard of Brian Gadawa, he yes. is an author, and uh, he's a... He works in Hollywood. He's done screenplays. Yeah, he's, he's a He's written scholar. lots of... They're biblical-based, like, novels. Mm-hmm. Super interesting. Fiction. Yeah. Really interesting guy. Ish. A lot of cool things to say. You're going to hear a lot of the same stuff from him that we've talked about before, mm-hmm. but he talks about it in a little bit different of a light, and he also is going to be talking about his books and what you can find in there. So, very interesting guy. For entertainment purposes, if you're like me, mm-hmm. and you still like reading books and watching movies, and, you know, we st- you still have to be entertained. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, there's a reason why the biblical storytelling and stuff like that has always been garbage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Massive garbage. Minus VeggieTales. <laughs> yeah, and then they took okay. it away from him. I know. If you want to. Did you guys know that? They ripped that away from him. Yeah, I know. I heard. They okay, that's a whole other rabbit trail. Mm-hmm. It is. Brian Gadawa. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. Stay Do your tuned. Research. And Next then Sunday, we're going to have Eyes on the Right. She's Ooh. coming on. She's going to talk about some Hollywood symbolism, some dark Disney. Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff there. Lots of cool things coming up. We've got lots of guests coming and we've got more of these. I know. We've had a lot of guests, but we are going to do some more just kind of standalone foundational podcasts with just us. Yep. So and if tuned. you have any suggestions, shoot yeah. them our way. Send us an email. Don't forget about Instagram. Uh, we're on Rumble. We're sort of on the outs with YouTube, sort of. Yeah, I'll put We've them got on truth, there. True social, find us. We're out there. We're out yeah. there, man. We're we're on all the things. We're like aliens. We always we're have everywhere. a we're everywhere. <laughs> a website. You can listen to the show. You can send us emails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want to send us a quick email, it's really easy to do from the front page of the website. You yep. just go to the index there. And we love hearing That's from so you guys. It helps us a lot. And you just go down to the very bottom and you type in whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. That's simple. But you got to hit submit. That's the last part. Oh, that's the, t- yeah, the toughie. That's the toughie. Mm-hmm. You lost me. All right, you guys. That's That So Fringy Podcast. We love you and we're so thankful for all of our mm-hmm. listeners. And uh, we will see you on the next one. Thanks, guys. We'll Bye. see you. Bye. Bye. Bye.